Welcome to Brothers King Media, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. <coughs> and I'm Sully. <laughs> and, um, <coughs> so we're in the most uh, unusual of situations tonight. As Solomon um, felt really sick, um, I don't think he's dying, don't worry. So we're actually in the ER, because it's Christmas Day. And God forbid I'd be sick on a regular day. <laughs> I'm, when never, you, I'm when, never sick. When you could, like, pay for a normal doctor's as opposed right. to the ER. $25 as opposed to x-rays and whatever. You know, it, it is, is what it is. is. <laughs> Jinx. All right. So since we're done with the Crowder Band, we, this is really impromptu because um, we're just killing time. <laughs> Today's topic of conversation, um, we're just going to do a, a random topic of conversation. Maybe we'll do this more, like an in-between albums or something to break up the monotony. Yeah. Just pick out a random topic. Maybe we should make some draw it out of a hat. Yeah. Um, so today's topic of conversation is supergroups. Uh, <laughs> if you could create your own custom Christian superstar supergroup, who would they be? So, like, my first instinct, because the thing about supergroups to consider is you don't just necessarily want to pick your favorite artist out of a hat. I mean, you throw, you know, Aaron Gillespie and Kevin Max in a band together, they're probably not going to meld incredibly well. Right. That's uh, two different things you're doing there. So you have to get artists that you think would work. Uh, you can't really say on a people level, but in a sound level, that would sound good together. Right. Would be the big deal for that. So, um, one of the first picks, and this is cheating slightly, um, but what I would have loved to have heard, and I think would have actually been really interesting, um, a couple years ago, Audio Journal in 2.0 form. Now they're like on 3.0, 4.0, I don't even know. <laughs> they're, they've rebooted so many times, more times than the Spider-Man series right now. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, what I would have loved to have seen is they had Kevin Max, um, darn it, what's his name? Baseball, Will McGinnis, and Dave Gez, the guitar player for Super Chick in the Audio Journal and Original Amp. There was also a keyboard player and a drummer, which I can't remember. But later, um, David Byer from Bleach joined as their drummer, drummer yeah. while they was on tour. So take those four and then add in uh, Peter Furler writing with them. Writing with them? Maybe okay. even singing some. I think him and Kevin Max would meld well together personally. Probably. I, I could see that. I could see that. Going really well. Yeah. And, and my problem with that band, more than anything, it was actually, their, first, their album wasn't bad. Right. It just was, um, it was too much in control of the record label. The record label made it a very pop album. They wanted something that would sell. Right. And um, so I would love to see Dave Gez um, actually be allowed to write his own guitar riffs. Because I know from Super Chick and um, his work with Peter Furler, actually, that he can write stuff. <coughs> He's pretty good at that, his guitar. Right. Um, and I think uh, Will McGinnis actually being able to do a little funk groove like he used to do in some of Audio Adrenaline's earlier works. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, you know, Jared Byer, 
Um, he's very versatile drummer. He actually played with Peter Furler for a while as well. Yeah. And so just to kind of see all of them have at it and let let Kevin Max write some some lyrics he actually wants to write and not be forced to write stuff by his record label. Yeah. And then um, let that be balanced out with um, some Peter Furler's pop sensibility. Right. I think you'd have a pretty darn good album on your hands. Hmm. I'd, I'd have to agree. Um. <coughs> Sorry. Um. Especially with like the the whole idea of, you know, having Peter and uh, Kevin, you know, writing together, just because I mean I like a lot of the stuff that Kevin Max has written like in his independent stuff, mm-hmm. um, opposed to you know his audio adrenaline career. I'm not saying one album. One album. Um, I'm not saying all of it was bad, but um, like Kings and Queens wasn't bad. Kings and Queens was good, and then. Uh, there's another one that I forget what the name of it is. I like was. King of the Comebacks. That's pretty good. I don't remember that one. Like, personally, I think that'd be a great band name for this super group, though. The Comebacks. Yeah. You know. There you go. Because they all are coming back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Alright, yeah. so that'd be my first pick. And like a, a generalized pop group. Yeah. I think would be interesting. I don't know, because I feel like with the way that... Um, but, you know, if we're putting Super Chick guitar and Kevin Mack's vibrato voice, I feel like we're going to get a little bit more of a rocky kick to it. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yes, I would love to hear some actual rock. <laughs> and you know what? <coughs> if you was going to keep it audio adrenaline, I know they couldn't probably because they, um, because, like, he's doing his own thing with Matt Kearney. But I wish when they rebooted Audio Drone, they just would have tried to get Tyler Burkham back. Uh-huh. He was the guitar player for Audio Drone during their later years, and he sang a lot of lead vocals. You hear his vocals all throughout the course of um, Ocean Floor. Yeah. And a lot of songs during their later days, he, he sang lead on because Mark's vocals. You mean were early on. days? Later days. Oh, later for Mark's. Yeah. Mark's later days, okay. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking Kevin's. Yeah, early so, days or later days I was like so I think it would have been interesting to have Tyler Burkham come back yeah but he's doing his own thing with Matt he's been Matt Kearney's guitar player since he left Audio Adrenaline and huh. just isn't gonna stop I guess I mean if you have a gig you have a gig I can't blame him yeah, that's true yeah. but that's what I wish would have happened with Audio Adrenaline just have him Ben Sissel the drummer for Audio A and uh um Will McGinnis get back together, let the three of them, let Mark Stewart write some songs for them. Yeah. And the three of them just make an audio A album. Yeah, there you go. Like, and you can even have, you know, Mark Stewart do his best to record some stuff in the studio, but he probably wouldn't be able to go on tour. That'd be the big thing. Yeah. That, that part would suck. Yeah. But, Yeah. I don't know. Or they should just lay audio adrenaline to rest and let it be. Let it be. <laughs> All right, so year go. Who, who do you have for oh, your... Man. For, um, your, for your uh, super band? That is a very, very wide open question, though. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, musicians that I would go for. <coughs> Hold on. <coughs> All right, um... Straight up, I think Keith Green 
I wish like he would have had more like band stuff. Um, it was mainly just him and the piano. It was ma- yeah, it was mainly just him and the piano. And then Bill Maxwell, his producer, added yeah. basically all the other instruments. Yeah, later on, and but when he was live, it was never like a, a real like. He had a lot of songs that could have been rocky, you know, mm-hmm. but just because it was him and the piano, he's limited to variety there. <clears throat> so I think that you know if I if you keep him as like a vocalist and pianist. And then added, you know, and, and it's, like I said, it's hard. It's a wide variety of people you can add because it just depends. His, his, his era of time when he was writing music. Um, Christian music wasn't really a thing. Yeah, Christian so. music, yeah, it really wasn't a thing. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of people back in the 60s and 70s and 80s would you know claim to be Christian, so I I mean I'm not saying that you know rock and roll is Christian, but I'm also not saying that you know rock and roll is not yeah Christian because you know there's a difference between labeling a genre and labeling the lyrics yeah I feel like a lot of um, a lot of songs that are not necessarily uh, like like let's take Snow Patrol for instance an Irish rock band well. They're more of a pop band, mm-hmm. alternative rock band, whatever. But a lot of their lyrics are kind of, uh, you know, talk about heaven and just uh, some some of it's about love. But what really, it just kind of reminds me of a uh, an Irish version of Sanctus Real. Yeah. So like I would I would just say that the reason why they can't classify as Christian is because a secular label got to them first. Um, <coughs> So with that being said, I'm just going to open mine up to the variety of artists artists that we could choose from, possibly from that era of time. And, you know, I mean, Keith Green, he was, like, super into converting people. So right. for all we so know, like, all he, we he know, got these went, people. And yeah, he went and converted <laughs> all these people. Anyway, so I, would, I was uh, thinking earlier, you know, we were talking earlier, and I said uh, I think it would be really cool you know, how melodic um, Keith Green's piano playing is uh, would sound alongside Jonathan Deacon's uh, he's from a Queen yeah, their bass player, alongside his uh, real, you know, stompy uh, bass riffs mm-hmm. and then um, <coughs> oh my goodness um I don't know. Drummer, it would be hard to find a drummer, honestly. I, I can't really think. I can't put a drummer um, from, in I mean, mind right now. Honestly. I mean, honestly, the only ones I think that would push him ahead, like push the music forward. And sadly enough, I can't even say a name. Um, but Daniel Amos is drummer. Okay. He had that nice um, Beatles vibe going. Yeah. And later he started branching out to some new wave stuff. Yeah. So I think that could have been interesting. To that would have been interesting. Um, kind of that, especially during the live sessions. Right. And then maybe, you know, uh, I think we had established that Phil Keggy's guitar playing would probably be real nice with that. Just kind of make it a... Uh, fill it out. Yeah, just kind of fill it out. It'd be... 
I feel like what this ends up being is like a uh, Christian version of Beatles slash Queen. <laughs> um, I think. Um, Maybe. Paul McCartney's style like of singing. Kind I mean, of Keith Green does Keith kind Green. of do that a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know like John Lennon was a vocalist too, but if you think about it, you know, Paul McCartney did a lot of the vocals. Um, well... Not necessarily a lot, but he did a lot of the vocals for the more um, the more known songs. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of 50-50. <coughs> Between but, him and John. But you do raise the idea, though. Let's just say in this hypothetical world, Jonathan Meekin, for whatever, de- whatever reason, yeah, um, did join up Keith Green. That means Keith Green at this point is, I would dare say, like gets popular tenfold because Queen's bass player is playing with him. Right. What the heck? Right. So, like, Keith Green suddenly gets ten... I mean, he was already huge for his day. Right. Because he basically birthed the CCM genre as we know it. That's true. Um, so he explodes. Clear test is negative. Oh, All right, so... Solomon, um, we just found out, Solomon does not, uh, well, you don't have the flu, but he has pneumonia, but he's yeah, not dying. Pneumonia in the middle lobe of my left lung. There we go. So, fun stuff right there. Alright, so let's wrap this up. So, Keith Green gets tenfold bigger than he was, and then, as an interesting side effect, like, if you read Keith Green's biography, he was all about, like, evangelism and witnessing right. and... right. Like, he didn't even want to charge for his concerts. <laughs> like, he didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't even want people to pay for his CDs. He wanted just them to donate as they would. Yeah. Which I like to imagine... That kind of, that kind of ex- is, makes his career self-explanatory because, you know, you have a lot of your... Uh, you know, a lot of your your next album comes from the funding of the, you know, the tour previous, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that probably makes... That makes uh, a lot of sense, seeing that you know he he really didn't get big and it wasn't about being huge, but uh, you know he did birth a, a genre as we know it, and uh, and he reached a lot of people you know as far as you know yeah, so but Roger Deacon joins him, Phil Keggy, Jonathan uh, Deacon, Jonathan, you're thinking yeah. Roger Taylor? Yes, I am, yeah, and um, and then uh, the drummer, let's just say a session drummer, but someone who has had experience in that right. kind of bluesy beats. Right. Joins him. Hey, better yet, Bill Maxwell was a drummer, his producer. Oh, okay. So Bill Maxwell yeah, joins was... him on tour. Yeah. You know, that I could hear that working out. Okay, yeah, that could work really well. I just kind of be like, need to breathe his organ slash key, their keys guy is their producer. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, their bass player produces a lot of their stuff too because like it's his, he's, he actually has like a degree in production. Huh. Um, but still, yeah, I think there you go. Bill Maxwell joins on tour, and they have kind of like a groovy groove band going. It's kind of, yeah, it'd be kind of like a, like almost like a, um, the uh, oh who is it? I can't think of their names. The Grateful Dead, almost. Yeah, almost. Um, but with Keith Green <coughs> preaching in between every song. Right. <laughs> so that that could have been interesting. I think um, he would have maybe started charging for his concerts just on the basis of I have to pay my I have to pay my band. Yeah. 
I want to take care of them because he would be that kind of person that I'd want to take care of the people around him. Yeah, I would. I could see that. Yeah. And then you know he'd say if you guys want to donate anything extra, yada yada. So that would have been interesting. Man, that would be like. It'd be like 100% of the remaining proceeds after the band is paid is going to Africa for food. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much how he was. Um, so, man, that would have been an interesting sound. It would have been like a, a Grateful Dead <coughs> Beatles hybrid thing. I don't even know. Yeah. It would have been cool. It would have been, been something, man. I mean, and then like when he does like the Prodigal Sun Suite, you know, yeah. it would have sounded so cool. Yeah, that'd been like Bohemian Rhapsody. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, that, that'd be a rad band. That would be a rad band. Okay, um, one more before we, we're done. Um, so you pick, we'll, we'll just do like this general four or five person band. All right. You pick an artist, I'll pick an artist, and we'll just kind of go back and forth here. Okay. So uh-huh. start us off. Um, Let's just say, you know, they have to be generally in the same air, so they could have potentially joined. Yeah, potentially been in a band together. Um, oh, Lord. <coughs> if you'd like, I can start off. Yeah, let's, you start off. I'm better at finishing things than I am starting this. So, I would like to see some rich... I would like to see Rich Mullins. And you were going there. But join an actual, like, grunge band. Alternative rock Rich Mullins. Huh. I don't know. I just I could see it somehow in my head. I hear Rich Mullins doing alternative rock. I could hear it too. Yeah. So we're talking like '90s here, maybe even 2000s if he hadn't died. Yeah. Well, like that's what I was basing my Keith Green thing on. Yeah. Is if he didn't, you know, die in that plane accident. But like I was, I was thinking more into like the '90s after you know Jonathan Deacon did stop playing with the Beatles or with the uh, Queen. Queen. And somehow, I mean, Queen was from Britain, so that would be kind of interesting how that all worked yeah. out. Yeah. Seeing that uh, Keith Green was from California, from yeah, well, he's from Orange County, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. He's from Orange County, which is where OC Superstone is. And mm-hmm. I feel like he said that they they were one of his like. Uh, like somebody he looked to. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if like OC Supertones would have opened up for this like super group? Yeah. Of Keith Green. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because I think like, he like they would be that. like in their end days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like Keith Green, he he gets to like 1991, decides to form a super group. You know. Yeah. And then, uh, or it just kind of happens. Yeah, Jonathan Deacon like. Oh, we're going on a tropical, um, we're going on a tropical vacation to California. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they just meet up and then, you know, he's like, hey, Bill, I, I know you've like been playing for me for these past six albums. Do you want to go on tour with me? You should be my drummer, man. <laughs> and then Phil Keggy's like, hey, we've been touring together anyways. I'll, I'll, I'll join you on guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Phil Keggy, um, what song do I know from him? Um... He he was more famous for his instrumentals than anything. Oh yeah. So okay, but um, okay, let's say not Rich Mullins. Let's go younger. Yeah. Because Rich Mullins would have been hitting his forties, fifties by the time he got to the end of the nineties. Right. Um, and if we're going alternative, Stephen Curtis Chapman in a band. Oh man. Uh... I think he hit some like alternative nerves in like his speechless declaration air. Right. Yeah, he doesn't really have a band. Like, he had members that 
like join him on tour, but like, like he just as a side project went and joined a super band. Yeah. So who who who's oh, next? Man. We got Keith, we got Stephen Curtis Chapman. This is the nineties, early two thousands. Oh man. Uh, so like, what is the age limit for the people in the band? I mean, they can be as young as you need. I mean, Aaron Gillespie would have been fourteen around this time. <laughs> I don't know if he would have went and played with them or not, but... This is the 90s, you said? Well, late 90s, early 2000s. Like 99, 2001. You know, yeah. Under Oath is still doing, like, their death metal thing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. (coughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Stephen Curtis Chapman, who would he have sounded good with? Um, Or who would have sounded good with him? This is a more reasonable question. Maybe um, Markley Townsend? Markley, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. The, him as the guitar player? Yeah, Like, Markley the Townsend. only guitar player. And then Steven play, obviously plays. This is acoustic, you know, acoustic. Andy. So, Markley yeah. Townsend. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, who's their bass player, drummer? Uh, drummer. I kind of, for some reason... For some reason, I want to put... Uh, <laughs> Phil uh, Duncan Phillips with them as a drummer. Okay, yeah. So he he's taking a break from Newsboys. Yeah, taking a break from Newsboys. Let's pretend they didn't tour every month of every day. Yeah, you know, every month of every year. <laughs> yes, pretend they just took a break from touring. So Duncan Phillips joins them. Okay, I like that. Yeah, because I I don't know why Duncan just has that like he 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 doesn't have like a specific sound. He yeah. could kind of make it whatever. Because, I, I mean, let's just face it. He started out playing the tambourine. Yeah. Well, and my key. <laughs> yeah, he played the organ. Mm-hmm. It was organ uh, before uh, Jeff Frankenstein mm-hmm. got in there and started playing keys. Um, but, yeah. Hello. Okay, so... Um, do we, uh, so if we have to have a, maybe a going kind of electronica route, um, the two options that pop into my head from this air, at least, are, um, <coughs> if you wanted to go interesting, Corey Cooper, the, uh, piano slash guitar player from Skillet, because they were doing a lot of electronica around this time. And they certainly would have helped with that kind of rock edge for Chapman. Right. So she would have been an interesting choice. Um, Also, if you wanted to go, like, super electronica, you could also go Andy Hunter, who's a popular Christian um, electronica artist from back then. He could have been kind of interesting. He also did, like, a lot of uh, work for, like, the Matrix movie. Like, that was kind of his landmark. Huh. That would sound interesting. Yeah. You were saying earlier, though, that you think uh, Chapman band the 2000s? Huh? You were saying earlier you thought, like, a, a Chapman-led band in the 2000s would just sound like Colony House? Yeah, I feel like it'd just be a, you know, 20 years early Colony House. Which is, you know, his son's band. Yeah. Current band. Uh, what what is it? Will and Will and Caleb. Yeah, Will and Caleb, and then you got uh, the guitar player, and the, like bass slash piano guy. 
Oh god. Oh man, it hurts. Make it. It hurts bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's go. Well, um, there we are. There's uh, three dream bands we've made up. We managed to make it a 24 minute little podcast of Solomon yeah. dying. Of me dying, yes. Pray uh, for my pneumonia. Um, by the time you get listening to this, I mean, it'll probably be long past, but... So this is us, uh, December 25th, 2018. Yep, Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas one and one all. Um, and, and Happy New Year's. And uh, keep being that glimpse of eternity. Right on, boys.